the pastors here at the Vineyard, and welcome to your Team Vineyard podcast. Uh, though this one, this podcast uh, gets to be for our whole church, not just Team Vineyard, because we think it's a an important conversation, and we hope to inspire other people to have conversations like this as well. And so I'm here with Pastor Jimmy, our Great Road Campus pastor. Hi, everybody. And I'm here with Jamal Henry, who is the Director of Newcomers and New Believers. Hey, everyone. And we are here to talk about, to have a conversation about all the events that are unfolding right now. You know, um, the unjust killing of George Floyd and other African-American men and women, the protests that have been happening, the violence, the riots, so many things that are happening right now. And we want to have a conversation about it. Um, and just talk to each other about our reactions to it and how to help and how we represent Jesus in the middle of all of this. And so just as we start, and we're going to pray, Pastor Jimmy's going to pray in just a second, but just as we start, we want you to know that the foundation of our response, we believe, just really needs of the conversation of everything just needs to be in Jesus. You know, our response needs to be in Jesus. Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus was the perfect balance of everything, right? Yep. He was the perfect balance of justice and peace. And he was the perfect balance of grace and truth. And he loves people, but he also had moments when he was righteously anger, angry. And so we just want him to be our foundation. We want to do the things that he would do. He cared about people. He cared about justice and he cared about people who were marginalized. And I was making a little list about all the different people Jesus hung out with because he hung out with Samaritans and he hung out with tax collectors and fishermen and lepers and children and women. People didn't hang out with women. Then Jesus hung out with women. He ate at Pharisees' houses and tax collectors' houses. Like he, he, yeah. We want to be like Jesus, mm -hmm. and we're going to do our best to um, have him be the foundation of this conversation and hopefully your conversations, too. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. You want to pray for us? Sure. So, Father, we come before you uh, during this time, God, and we just pray. Yes. Uh, first of all, Father, thank you. Thank you for life and for breath, and thank you for everything that you're doing uh, in our lives, God, every good and perfect gift is from above. So thank you for your presence in our life, God. As we uh, try to navigate this conversation, as we try to have uh, a helpful conversation, God, I pray that you would be in the midst of it, mm -hmm. that you would lead this conversation, yes. God, that your heart would come through in this mm -hmm. conversation, that it wouldn't be about our opinions or our perspective, Father, but that you would speak through us and speak to our church, uh, Father, and to our community about how we can uh, shine bright for you, how we can be a game changer for you during these difficult times, Father. We pray for the police. Mm -hmm. We pray for the, for the black community, Father. We pray for the unrest, the riots, everything that's going on, Father. We lift it up to you. Yeah. And God, as we try to have a, a conversation about this, Father, we pray for your wisdom, for your peace, for your direction. God, that this would just be a helpful conversation about how we can make a difference on behalf of your kingdom. So we lift this time up to you and pray for your will to be done 
and your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. We, so as we move forward, I'm going to kind of serve as the host. I'll, I'll share some stuff too, but, but really I'm going to, um, we're going to, hopefully Jamal and Jimmy are just going to share tons of what's on their hearts. And so just as we start, you know, <laughs> if we look anywhere in the news, social media conversation, everyone has thoughts about mm. what's going on right now. And so just, let's just start there. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts about everything that's happening right now? It's just, it's a sad, sad time that we're just continually, um, as a nation, just having to still deal with marginalization, uh, social injustice, and probably the biggest issue of all, just evil and hate. And Mm -hmm. so... um, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's real heavy. Um, you know, it's heavy for the black community. It's heavy for police officers. It's heavy for it's heavy for whites. It's heavy for all races, nationalities. Um, it's just heavy as a nation. And yeah. so, um, no matter where you turn to, it's it's there in front of you. <laughs> As it should be, but too many times right now, we're seeing the wrong things out there. And so um, that's why I'm thankful for this conversation. So we can steer it in the right direction, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, rather than uh, what I feel is just the opinions and maybe the anger talking over yeah what exactly it should be so um it's 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 been a it's been heavy in my mind i the last man my my mind has been i go home exhausted way down way down is a is a good way to put it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and uh man i copy a lot of that right just sadness and frustration and and a heaviness because uh, you know I come I come from a, a pretty diverse background. I was raised in the inner city. A lot of my a lot of my friends growing up were not white. Uh, yet I pursued in college a degree in criminal justice, and so uh, the police law enforcement thing was a real opportunity for me. So I have a ton of friends who are police officers, and yet a ton of friends who are black, and so. I stand in the middle of this and I, mm. and I, and I try to weigh out, God, what are, what are we supposed to do? What is, how do we, uh, how do we stand in the middle of this and yet make a difference and yet not necessarily pick sides to pin against one another, but father for your light to shine through. And, uh, man, it's been, it's been challenging. A lot of, a lot of, uh, deep, hard-hitting conversations in the last couple of days and definitely you know even jamal and i you know we've we've had these conversations it's like god what are we supposed to do and we've even had to step away from the conversation at times because it's just so heavy and heavy hitting and it 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 weighs on you Mm -hmm. but that conversation part you know that conversation part is so 
important. I think healthy conversation because I what I see the enemy trying to do is just cause division, mm-hmm. cause division among people of color and the police, cause division division in uh, the church, even mm-hmm. from from people who hold one belief and um, people who hold another belief and, and who aren't listening to each other or not believing that someone is coming from the best perspective, which maybe some aren't, I don't know. But he's trying to create all this division, which is why I think conversation is so, so important. Healthy, good mm-hmm. conversation based with that foundation of Jesus like we talked mm-hmm. about. And so what, go ahead. I, I was just saying, as you talk about the, the, I think a key word in there is division. And so uh, prior to, to this conversation that we're having right now, I had a conversation with a guy that I consider family to me. He was in my wedding. He's a biracial guy. And uh, he's he he wanted to come to me because he he said he's getting filled with anger about yeah. everything that's going on. Uh, shortly after that conversation, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a police officer. And, uh, you know, everything that he's dealing with and, and you know, feels like the walls are kind of caving in from all the different angles. And the common, uh, there's a common thread and a word that they both said, I guess a phrase, and it's, and it's this, that the enemy right now is trying to divide and conquer. Yep. He's trying to create division uh, and trying to pin uh, everyone's perspective at one hard corner or the other. Right. And the middle ground, right now you feel like you're going to get rolled on if you have a middle ground perspective of... Man, the police matter. They are important. We appreciate what they do. They are protecting our communities. And yet to still have a perspective of, man, the heartache and the sadness of watching that George Floyd video brought me to tears. And to yet have a perspective of sadness for that situation and yet uh, support and sadness for for the police and if you try to play the middle ground, uh, you, it's, not a, it's not a popular spot to be in. It's but right. I think what we've all talked about is the fact that we think Jesus is right in the middle of all that. Oh, yeah. He definitely oh, yeah. should be in the middle of all of that. Because he balances all those things so, so well. Well, if you, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you're talking about oppression. You're talking about... Um, being persecuted. And I think all sides feel like they're being persecuted right mm-hmm. now. It's so um, true. Whether it's yeah. the black community or um, law enforcement, the police officers or, or um, you know, just anybody who has an opinion one way or the other, everybody's feeling like they're persecuted. But when you circle it back to Jesus, I mean, there was nobody more persecuted right. than Jesus. I mean, he, he, like you said, he hung out with the lepers. He hung out with uh, the Samaritans, the prostitutes, the, uh, the prostitutes, the adulterous woman, um, um, and and yet he was persecuted in that every day they were trying to kill him. Right. The teachers, the, the leaders, the teachers of the law, and, and so um, and that led to his death. On the cross, and and so if we're going to, um, if we just think about you know how do we deal with persecution, 
we've got to circle it back to the ultimate truth. And we know that Jesus is the truth. And how did he deal with persecution? I think it for, for it, you know, he loved, he, he loved the people who were persecuting him, you know, he loved the leper and the Pharisee. He loved the prostitute and his disciples. You know, it comes to a place of, of love. And, uh, and I, I think, I don't know. I think Jesus had an understanding of what was going on in the inside of people. You know, I mean, he's fully God and fully man when he's here on earth. But I think he has this understanding of what's going on inside of people, which maybe we don't have, but maybe we need to work at. Well, I mean, we've had this conversation before. And to that point, I think part of the, the problem is people just don't take time to sit down and have a, a deep conversation. Yeah without an agenda just to listen and learn people's hearts yeah can we first just because we have been talking about this uh, all week long at the vineyard and uh i have to say like jamal you've been super helpful to me and so uh at uh, one of the things so i'm a white woman who grew (laughs) up middle class probably and in a primarily uh, white community. And so, um, I think I've always had, um, black friends, but not a ton of them because there weren't necessarily a ton of them in my my community. And, um, and so my heart has no, I, I feel like my heart, my heart is good, but, but, uh, some, well, I'm going to come, I'm going to roll back just for a second. Uh, one of the things that we talked about was, like, why are we afraid to talk about it? Because I have a little bit of fear to talk about this or to ask certain questions or that kind of thing because I don't want to be offensive. Like, I don't always know the right thing to say or I don't always know when I've asked questions sometimes um, I haven't either asked it the right way or something like that. And so I need to get over my fear of that. And so... Uh, like how do how do we do that? Just get over it? Is that what you say? We just get over it? You know that's that's funny. You you go there because one of my really really good friends from high school. I mean, um, a, a white white girl and um, man, we had this. She called me or she she sent me a message like, hey, I'm looking at all of these posts going one way or the other and mm-hmm. all this division on social media, and I've got some questions and and for her you know she much like me hung out with everybody it doesn't yeah. matter you know what race nationality color you know what you are I was gonna hang out with you because that's how I was raised and she was raised the same way and uh she's like I got people on all sides but I want to know how to navigate the situation but yet I'm I'm a little nervous about even asking you how to navigate the situation. Now, this is somebody that I have grown to, I have grown up with and love and and we just have a, a deep bond. Yeah. But I so I understand your fear. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it was one of those well, call me, let's talk now. Why? Because I'd rather you ask the question to better your understanding or to gain understanding rather than just assume. Yeah. Because when we assume, 
man, the devil will run with that and run with that all day and take you places that you have no business going. And so if you will sit down and not have that fear, ask that question that you think is stupid. Ask that question that you're afraid of. And I think that's what black people, we want you to have that conversation with us. Don't be afraid. I think that's kind of one of the main things that, is trying to be thrown out there, but has been pushed down through everything that's going on is let's have this conversation. How do we, how do we create change if we don't have the conversation, if people don't open up, but you got to be willing to listen Mm -hmm. and you've got to be willing to seek the person's heart. Yeah. Rather than again, Rather than just assume what they're going to say or assume their intentions, you got to really seek deep down their heart. And, and I think that goes along with that is what we can do sometimes because if because I'm not a black guy, right? There's It's easy for me through my experiences, through my perspective to discount or discredit your perspective. Because you haven't had my experiences. Because I haven't, and I haven't had your yours. shoes. Yeah. And so what I think what we see with this one side versus the other is, man, we're discounting and discrediting the other side's perspective. There's some of that going on. So for the oh, police yeah. who are here to serve and protect and, and uh, you know, to, to love us and to help us, but yet there's some fear or there's some worry in how they handle the situation, their emotions, their feelings can be discounted. The black community who feel oppressed or who who are being oppressed or or experiencing social injustice as a white guy, it's easy to say, ah, it's not that bad. Right. Let's discount that. Can I can I give the example that we talked about earlier this week about the car? Like if you get pulled over. Yeah. Well, obviously I'm going to do it because yeah. I brought it up. So one thing that was super for just developing perspective, like not assuming anything, but developing perspective. Um, Jamal was telling me about as a black male, if he gets pulled over, the thing he has to do first is show his hands. Right. That you the police office, you have that's to show the, your hands. The, that's the yes. yes. Yeah. And so for me, I was remembering the last time I got pulled over. Which was a long. You got pulled over, I Kathy. Know, a long Come time on. ago. <laughs> long ago, but but I remember when the police officer walked up to my car. I'm I'm like in my um. Uh, what's that? that? Your glove box. The glove box. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, I'm in my glove box looking for my registration. That would be bad. That would be for bad for you. Me. Now, and under- I don't even think about. Now it. understand, I have family members that are police officers. Yeah. I have great, great friends that are police officers. We have members of this church that are police officers that I hold in high regard. I I love police officers, and I am super appreciative of what they do, putting their life on the line day in and day out. Absolutely. And um, it's, I, I'm so frustrated on both sides that the bad seeds yeah. have taken their, the their, their actions have far been the louder voice right and have taken over those that are are doing what's right isn't the isn't the this isn't a bash at the media but it is isn't that what the media does 
best those highlights these things and yeah and in the same way right as we talk about good and bad good sees bad there hopefully okay, I, some... I came from the media yeah. so I, I spent i spent 20 <laughs> years in media but let me ask you one question and those of you that are listening i want you to think about this when you turn on the news or when you read the news social media included what is what is 90 percent of the news you read negative negative mm-hmm. that that yeah that hey, so yeah. If, if you go, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. If so, but going back to yeah, go, going, going back, back to going back to what you said, um, because of the bad seeds, yeah, because of the bad seeds in in the police department, um, nationwide that have allowed their actions to supersede those that are great officers and are doing what's right. We got to show hands out of fear because if I make a wrong move, we feel that may be the end of our life or or it may be taken. It may be taken wrong. Yeah. And my point with all of that, I don't I don't know that I, I don't know that I know like I wouldn't hesitate to go and get my registration out of my glove box because. I know that's what he's going to ask me for. Or she's going to ask me for. And so it's so helpful to understand perspective. Mm-hmm. And But you can't ever get perspective if you're too afraid to have the conversation. And that's what I'm talking about. You yeah. got to Don't be afraid to ask that question because, you know, those of you that are listening and even us around this table, there's many things that we wonder or that we assume. Yeah. But we got to have the courage. Don't have that keyboard courage where you just get on social media or online or get behind your computer and just this keyboard courage and and throw out whatever you want because there's nobody behind you or in front of you but have that courage to ask the questions have that courage to sit down with somebody that you don't know and get to know them Mm -hmm. on a on a deep-rooted level yeah that's how you that's how you get to know people. That's how change happens. Because yeah. it'll change your mind. And most importantly, it can change your heart. Mm-hmm. The, the heart is the deal. The deal right? That's why I ended with that. Yeah. The heart. Well, you you act like you know what you're doing, Jamal. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the heart thing, right? It's the heart thing. And so as we as we have this conversation and we say, so what do we do? Like what, what do is yeah. so we talk about different perspectives. We talk about uh, you know, different feelings and emotions and and everything in between and it's like okay so in these circumstances during these times right how are we a voice that that pushes forward a kingdom message a message that Christ if he was here during this time a message that he would be pushing forward and guess what as Christ followers that's what we're supposed to be doing right that's what we're, we're called supposed to, do. to be vessels and mouthpieces for the spirit of God to work through, to push through in situations like this. And so what do we do? How do we do it? And I, and I think the first thing we got to do is look at how Jesus did it. Absolutely. And, and we were talking earlier, we were talking about one of, one of my favorite stories is in John chapter eight, where, where Jesus has an encounter with the woman who's caught in the act of adultery and the leaders bring her and throw her at the feet of Jesus and they they want to incite a riot. They they want chaos to break out, and they want this That's woman. Such a good point. They want this woman to get what she deserves because according to the law during that time she deserved death. And Jesus, and the way that he did it, he didn't even need to say much. Now what he, he was writing and saying. 
he was we like, didn't even know what he we was. didn't even know what he was doing but he but he didn't need to say much and he didn't pick sides because in the middle of that situation he said whoever's without sin throw the first stone one by one starting with the oldest to the youngest they dropped their rocks and they walked away yeah he didn't pick that side even though the law was good and even though the law came from god he didn't necessarily say Yes, you're right. Go ahead and do it. Because he loved each and every one of them. Yeah. He was he was the perfect mix of truth and grace. And so, love. so one thing that stands out to me is um, two things, two scriptures. Y'all mind if I share both you of go, those buddy. with them? So they had a grudge against this this woman, right? They they hated her. So but in Leviticus, Leviticus nineteen eighteen, it says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, they weren't showing that there, but Jesus then turned that situation around. And so you're in John, and that's what I've been studying mm-hmm. here lately. And I just, you know, I've been studying and look, really looking at how Jesus interacted with the people, and most importantly, the Pharisees who were always persecuted him and were always against him. Um, in John 13, Verse 34 and 35 says, love one another as I have loved you. So so you must love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I wrote down, like, what do we how do what do we do about this? One of the things I wrote down is get educated. But I think we need to get educated about what Jesus would do. Mm -hmm. We got to know jesus in the middle of this and point people to jesus it's funny you guys are reading um uh john one of the verses i wrote down is also in john Mm -hmm. john 10 10 it says the thief the enemy comes only to steal kill and destroy and create i will add and create division Mm -hmm. and i jesus i have come that they might have life and have it to the full so jesus uh you know the devil would like to divide jesus that's not that's not Jesus plan, you know, Mm -hmm. full and abundant or full and abundant life for all of us. It's, it's the positive. I think the devil wants to highlight the negative and Jesus highlights the positive and Mm -hmm. we need to highlight the positive. We got to find the positive in the midst because if you, what'd you say? 90% of media is negative. We got to be the positive finders pointing people to the positive. I'm sorry, Jimmy. You No, I was was just going to say along those lines, if do you I'm not even going to ask the question. The yeah. enemy is standing back right now, and he's applauding everything that's going on. Yeah, he's I think he's, he's laughing. He's loving it. He's he's working this plan to perfection. People are accomplishing his mission. Hook, line, and sinker. And and it's like okay, okay, let's regather. Let's regroup. How do we attack this situation? with a love that Christ would have us attack this situation with? How do we bring truth and peace and light into a dark, ugly, scary, sad situation? And again, it comes back to that little bracelet. What would Jesus do? How would he interact? What are the things that he would, would he go on Facebook and start arguments on Facebook? The answer is no, he wouldn't do that. Is is he going to go out, break storefront windows? I don't think he would do that. See, Jesus Jesus wanted to be 
heard. He needed to be heard because he had the truth and he was sent to deliver the truth as well as die on the cross for us. But he was delivering the truth. And this is why the Pharisees and the leaders of the law disliked him because he was popular because he was delivering truth. Yeah. And so too many times, too many times people like to switch up the truth to fit to fit their own belief and then call it their truth. Yeah. Rather than coming back to the ultimate truth, Jesus, and the, the word, which is, man, if you need an atlas, a roadmap, uh, um, true direction, what better place to get it than the Bible? There is no better place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all right there. Yeah. I was, yeah. So so what do we do? Right? So so how do we stand in the middle ground and love the officers and support the officers and encourage them and pray for them? Uh I mentioned earlier I just got off the phone. I had a conversation with three different police officers in the last day. And they all are having an incredibly difficult time with this. Uh, one of them made the comment, I can guarantee you that there is, I think he said, I can guarantee you, there is not one officer who looks at what happened to George Floyd and is saying, yes, that's exactly what happened. His heart was, man, we as police officers look at this situation and we're heartbroken and we're sad and we think it shouldn't have played out that way, but it did. And so now what do we do with it? Now... Like I said, they feel like the walls are coming in. Everybody's against them. They're all killers and murderers. And the reality is they're not. Right. And I and as you say that, what my I mean, my guess is that some in the black community feel the same way. Exactly. That, that they are I was just gonna yeah, go there. That they're yeah. that they have that same perspective that when people see them, they see them as killers and they see them as like but the media, that's the message yeah. the media portrays, right? Sorry, Jamal, the uh, media thing again. Uh, I wouldn't even call it just the media, though. That's we as human nature. And we just, we just yeah. try and lump everybody into, into one assumption. Yeah. Um, I'm just, you know, um, officers are, are killers and, and murderers, and, and they're out to get every black person. Black, all black people are thugs. Looters, rioters. Looters, it's rioters. not the case. White people are racists. Um, Hispanics, they're they're illegals. I mean, all those are are ridiculous assumptions, and 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 we have to be better than that, right? They're not the truth, right? So how do we break the mold? Like, how do you stop that line of thinking? You have conversation. You get educated. You get educated, but you have truthful conversation with Jesus at the heart. You know, one of the things I um. I was just talking about this for a leadership class. And one of the things I feel like God has told me to do is um, instead of waiting for invitations to be an inviter, you know, to invite people to lunch or to dinner or to conversation or whatever. And I think we have to be intentional about inviting people who are not like us to have lunch or to have coffee or to Mm -hmm. go for a walk or whatever, to be an inviter. If you don't have a black friend, get a black friend. If you don't have a white friend, get a white friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and don't, don't, 
you know, I, I just think we have to be intentional about that. We can't just hope that it will happen. We have to be intentional about it. Let me speak on that. Um, one of the things that I do every day is my wife always and my kids are always like, you know, if we go somewhere, I say hi to just about everybody. And they're always like, you're very friendly. I am. Mm-hmm. But it's it's I'm friendly because I'm friendly. Yeah. And, and, I know. But but there's also some intent behind mm-hmm. it as well. And um, like, who's that dad? I don't know. Well, why'd you say hi to him? Just because I want to be nice and say hi. But one of my mindsets is I want to go out and change the perception of black people. Yeah. That's why I will go out of my way to say hi, especially to white people or people that look at me and I immediately see they have an uncomfortable look or feeling come over them. Mm-hmm. And you're training your kids. Exactly. To do that too. Exactly. That's so important. But that's what Jesus, that's how Jesus was training us. Because oh, he walked with them and he, he yeah. He loved everybody. Yeah. And so if I allow my assumptions, going back to the assumptions, if I allow my assumptions to run wild, well, this, this, this white person that I'm face to face with and I'm about to say hi to, but now they look uncomfortable, oh, they must be a racist. That's mm-hmm. an assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say this. Um, it is, it is time as Christ followers, uh, to not be on the fringes in this, right? You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people who are saying, stand up and go for it. And if you're not a voice in the middle of all of this, uh, you're picking one side or the other in the midst of your silence. But I would say as Christ followers, now is the time to fully engage. And it's not to fully engage in the noise and in the madness, but it's a time to fully engage in the heart of the Father. Mm. What does God the Father want us as Christ followers to interject into the situation? How does he want us to be a light and to love and to bring peace in the midst of this? And I think if we're not seeking the heart of the Father, it's easy to get caught up in the noise and and the politics and the far sides of what's going on. And so it's it's a call to believers to get off the couch, to get off of the fringes. And guess what? It's going to cost you something. It may cost you. Some people are going to think you're crazy or they're going to think they might misunderstand. They might persecute you. Right. Yeah. But guess what? If, if we are Christ followers and we have a heart to see God intervene in this situation, man, it's got to cost us something. And so I say, let's, let's go get it. Let's go pursue the heart of the Father and bring truth and life and love into the middle of this situation. Can I inject a little? I've, I found some hope in some stuff in a verse that a verse that I've read for a long time is in Isaiah 58 and it's a verse that I've claimed in different ways for outreach at the Vineyard Church but I read it because of all of the things happening right now all of the um, injustice and all of the rioting all of the many things that are happening right now I read it in a different light it's from Isaiah 58 6 and it says uh, um, this is the Lord talking is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen because people were fasting just to fast for no good reason. And he was telling them this, is this not, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice mm-hmm. to, uh, and untie the cords of the yoke mm-hmm. to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Isn't that kind of what we're talking about right now? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then it goes on to say, share your food with the hungry, provide the wanderer with shelter. Um, you know, when you see the naked, clothe them. Those, that's the part I focused on. Like those are tangible, doable things. But the injustice stuff, I kind of glanced over. I'm not glancing over it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like to, we're supposed to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, break every yoke. When we work at doing that, which I'm not saying that's easy, I think conversation and getting educated is all part of that. But this is what he's. This is what he says he'll do. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will forever be your rear guard. Mm-hmm. Like if we try, he honors it. Mm-hmm. If we, if, yeah, I, I just, I'm inspired yeah, by that. We just got to try. You just got to go out there and do it. I mean, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. You might get laughed at. Again, persecution comes to mind. Um, but again, that's what Jesus did. That's where Jesus stepped out. And, and if we believe what the Father has told us in Scripture time and time again and have faith in him, we've got to step out in faith and have these conversations. I mean, he didn't stand for oppression or marginalization or or hungry people or um, all the things that you just read there. Yeah. I mean, he sat out to make a difference day in and day out. And it just wasn't, the the beauty of it is it just wasn't talk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was, it was action, right. daily action. And I think too many times we just want to talk, 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 talk and throw out our, our feelings, which is good. I mean, we need to talk about our feelings, but at the same time, if we want change, we got to get out and be, action oriented yeah one of the things that's been incredibly helpful for me um this is this has been a prayer of mine for man a long time is uh god help me to see people how you see people through through the lens of jesus help me to see the 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 hurt and the injustice father give me a heart of compassion for everything that's going on. If we have the lens of Christ as we look at people and we don't necessarily see skin or see job responsibility, we don't look at those things, but we just look at their heart and, and, and ask God that would, that he would allow us to see people in the way that he sees people through the lens of Christ, man, that's a, that's a good start, man. You hit that nail on the head. Compassion, man. That's a, yeah, that's a key word right there. He had compassion for any and everybody, and, and it came right back to comes right back to the story of the adulterous woman. He had compassion for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and it'll help us do it. I mean, I think that's the thing about being a follower of Christ. He does not expect us to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, he's going to guide us. He's if the if we ask the Holy Spirit, how do we do this? And we listen for his answer. He's going to tell us how to yep. do it. And there might be nudges and we need to pay attention to him. You know, if he, you know, there might be nudges that take us out of our comfort zone and we should do them anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, it, it, yeah, we just it, need to listen and do what he says. That's a great point. If you think you're going to go out and do this in the flesh, you're going to fall. No, gonna fall. Gonna Hold work. on. Can I speak to that point right there? Because I wrote something He's down. He's so it's excited funny, right now. It's funny Jeez. you said that. Because in Luke 22, when when, um, when when Peter was, oh, oh Lord, you know, um, 
I would never deny you. And Jesus told him, you know, before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. And Peter finally, you know, it, it actually came to, came to pass. And Peter heard the rooster crow. He had denied Jesus three times and the rooster crow. And Jesus looked at him. And what did Peter do immediately? He wept. Why? Because he was doing everything out of the flesh. Mm -hmm. He was fully committed to Jesus, right? But... He didn't have it, it was his ability to see his own faults, his lack of ability to see his own faults. He trusted his own abilities rather than Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that and, and that's like why a, he failed. There was like a disconnect yes. with the spirit in that. And people, for myself included, this is an opportunity to connect to the spirit. He's our helper, he's our guide. He's, a, he's the one where we get the source of power to move and and do things on behalf of the Father is this Spirit of God. And so if you're going to encounter or walk into these situations and think you're just going to walk in in the flesh, and it's going to be, it. yeah, it's no. going to hurt. And it's yeah. you're going to probably fall on your face and you may do or say some good things. But when you walk in the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit and you walk through the courage and the strength that he gives and you're listening, you will break past barriers that cannot be broken through by doing it in the flesh. And so we have got to, as Christ followers, submit to the spirit, to hear the spirit, to let him lead and guide and direct us. And as we do that, he will give us the lens of Jesus to see people he will give us the power and the strength to to go into situations that seem impossible. impossible. Yeah. And this situation right now seems impossible. It, it does. Sure does. It seems like there's no no good result. That's Without the spirit of, of God, this is an impossible situation. Yeah. But we can bring the kingdom of God into this situation through the spirit of God if we're willing vessels. That's, that's what we should do. That's awesome. That that seems to me like a really good place to stop. And yeah, are we good? Do you have other stuff? Do you you I, really need to say? I it, I guess that for me, it's just a it's just a call to action. Yeah, it's as Christ followers. Yeah, get in the game. We're not supposed to be on the sidelines. That doesn't mean in engaging and. Uh, here's my chance for this. Exodus twenty three. Do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. This is not an opportunity to get in the game to pervert justice by siding with one way or the other. Let's side with Jesus. Let's pursue his heart in this. Yeah. Let's pursue the spirit of God in this. Yeah. And so followers of Jesus, let's engage, but let's engage in a way that the Father would have us engage. Yep. Not by the flesh, but by the spirit. So Jimmy took my, my phrase, which was um, see everything through the lens of Jesus. So... I applaud him for for taking that from me. Did but, you have that one? Oh man, I've been saying that oh, all man. all week. Kathy, nice. it's true. I can. Yeah, I so can. Kathy can attest yeah. to it. But um, if I had to leave with one one final thought, yeah, it was it, it's based on that through the lens of Jesus, and Jesus is love, and so we have got to find a way. We are called to walk like Him, to be like Him, to say what things that he would say to do what Jesus would do. And everything he did was through love. And so we have got to have those conver hard conversations in love. We have got to go out and and fight for social injustices in love. 
We have got to go out and wrap our arms around our brethren Amen. in love. Yeah. And that includes our brethren. Our brethren is, is everybody. We are all children of God. And all so of God. if yeah. you're upset with the police officers, you're called to wrap your arms around them. If you dislike a black person, they're children of God. We are, you're called to wrap your arms around them. If you dislike anybody, you are called to wrap your arms around them in love because that's what Jesus would do. Yep. God help us. Hey, Vineyard Church, we're so glad that you're part of the Vineyard. And I, uh, I'm i so glad we have a church family to talk about this kind of stuff and to move forward with this kind of stuff. And so here's my two challenges for you, church family. The first is have a conversation with somebody and have a conversation with somebody that does not look like you. There you go. That does not look like you. Like be brave, be an inviter, have that conversation. That's one thing, one assignment. Your second assignment is, uh, you know, just pray for our church leadership team. Mm -hmm. Pray for Pastor Jimmy and Jamal, for Pastor Mark, Steve, the whole leadership team here, because we're, we, uh, we want to honor God in the midst of this. But as we've talked about, this is hard. Mm -hmm. It's a hard situation. It seems impossible, with, but with God, nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. So pray for us. We would just ask that you pray for us. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you soon, Vineyard family. We love you. Thanks. Love you guys. Love you.